Welcome to the Next Generation Podcast, where we help business owners connect to their profits and earn their freedom. Join us as we discuss ways you can grow your small business, build your wealth, and help others along the way. Here's your host, Dan Cotton. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Next Generation People and Profits podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and I am here with part two of our interview with Cher Fuller, uh, digital marketing strategist currently for Playboy magazine. And we broke this episode up into two parts. We are going to start back with uh, discussing Cher's experiences in the private sector working in large corporations and what it is like to be a strong female doing that as well as being a strong female in coaching. And then we're going to revisit marketing techniques and building your lists and client behaviors as you try to gain more clients for your business. I hope you enjoy. What as a as a woman growing up in the private sector coming up in the private sector i imagine you've had some challenges yeah <laughs> um any messages for those those business owners who are maybe struggling with some of those same situations like i talk to women all the time who employ men and they sometimes struggle with those relationships um but any, any thoughts or experiences you can share coming up in some pretty dog eat dog environments of freaking Nike and marketing. And I mean, whew, some scary places. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely, um, encountered some situations from men and women. And I, you know, I can honestly tell you, um, the women have sometimes been worse than the men, the stories I would tell you. Um, I would say from a, from a male perspective, um, you know, I've been, uh, underestimated. I've been, you know, kind of like felt like I've needed to prove my value before I was taken seriously. I, you know, I'm and like most women in this industry, like we're small women, like I'm five, one, you know, like I walk in a room with a bunch of, you know, ex football players, the college football players at Nike, and it's intimidating sometimes. So you know, I, what I always made sure was that I spoke with confidence, even when I felt like I was terrified, I, I backed my arguments with data. Uh, there's like a, a, a little quote that's like, without data, you're just another person with an opinion. So it's like, get your facts straight, know what you're talking about um, that's backed by data so that you can tell that story. But also just like, you have to walk in there and just go for it. Like no Mm -hmm. one cares as much as you think they care. No one is doubting you as much as you think they're doubting you. And if they are, get in there and get what you want, girl. Like get that bag and know what your worth is and go for it. The flip side, I have had women in my career who were not supportive who um have really like kicked down while they were trying to reach up for themselves and i will say that when i when i do have a focus on women empowerment it is because of some of the situations that i've been with other women where i will constantly um you know i i want to put a hand back i want to pull others up with me i I, it's not important to me to be at the top um like I always think, okay, this is like a cheer, weird cheer and like career co- coincide, but there was a t-shirt that Hawaii Pacific had like years and years and years ago. Okay. It said, like, it's lonely at the top because they won, you know. I remember that shirt. 
Yeah. And I always think about that, like the higher I go in my career and like higher into leadership positions, like it's lonely at the top. Like that's, you have to look back, like you have to pull people up with you. And it takes people in leadership positions to recognize that they hold the power to, to mentor others, young women, men, and pull them up. There's actually a really interesting conversation happening right now in my community around salaries. And I know like this is kind of leaving the, the gym ownership um, level, mm-hmm. but just also, I think it's just a good conversation in general where, um, you know, a lot of times people work with recruiters when it comes to jobs. And um, this recruiter had just recently posted like, I um, had a candidate who asked for less money than was budgeted. Um, she asked for 85,000, the role was budgeted to 130. So I offered her 85,000, like she needs to know how to negotiate and know her worth. And there's like this huge uproar. And I even was like, are you kidding me? Because it's like, when you know better, you need to do better. You need Mm -hmm. to look out for other people. And if you want to talk about building a community, look out for your people. I have people that I've worked with. I offered them the max that I had budgeted when they asked for less because I knew that's what they were worth. And I had the information to make them better. So all that to say, like, it's, it is important to look out for yourself, but look out for the people around you, know your worth, go into situations prepared, do not let insecurity and, um, you know, the, the, the like anxiety of trying something new get to you. Um, which I know I'm saying all this and it's easier said than done. And I think one of the things I've also struggled with when I do interviews like this, people are like, okay, cool. Nike, like I'm, I, my email list is a hundred people. Like I don't have that budget. How am I supposed to do that? So my thing is always just, I'm always, yes, I've worked at amazing brands and it's great, but I still focus on anyone that I interact with from like a subscriber user. Like that is a human being that is a person. And that's how I need to think of them. I don't care if it's Nike. I don't care if it's, you know, a local nonprofit, like those are still human beings with lives, with feelings, you know, with difficulties and challenges that, that you need to create content for removed from whatever brand it is. So, um, walking into rooms where I've felt very intimidated around men and women, I've, I've tried to always bet on myself. I moved to Los Angeles on a whim. Like I, I took yep. a job I bet on myself. I said, I want a great adventure. And I came down here and I have great friends and family that have supported me. And that's what you got to do. You got to bet on yourself. That's who you have to go to bed with at night. Like that. So you got to be, you got to be, you know, happy with the decisions you're making. Uh, There's, there's two things. One I want to touch on that's kind of on the conversation we're on. And then I want to go back to briefly uh, some, some digital strategy uh, concepts. But one of the things you were, as you were talking, I know that you struggled with this frustration as a coach. And I know I've talked to business owners who've struggled with this um, dealing with employees and deal and coaching as well. But it's that, that challenge of when you are a strong, powerful woman, people mm-hmm. often interpret you as a B and, <laughs> uh, and yeah. it can be really, really frustrating because you can be telling someone something they absolutely need to hear, but they dismiss you as being a bitch because it's coming from that female voice. And I see, we see it the most. We used to always talk about this with our kids, right? The girls were the worst. Like you could, aside from one particular one, you could hammer the guys and you could call them out and like 
you could get in their face and they were like, yes, share. Like, uh, absolutely. They did not want to disappoint you. But the girls, you could be like, hey, honey, I need you to point your toe. And they'd turn around and be like, oh, my gosh, she's such a she's such a bitch. I can't believe she said that to me. You know, the ones that are we can all think we know who I'm talking about. The person who would hit that double up and stare right at you as they pull it just like you told them to. And you're like, yeah, you got me. Thanks for doing what I asked. I um, I still love that human. She's awesome. But um, so any advice for people who are in that same position? Because I know it's it's been something you've worked on. And the challenge is how do you work on it without changing who you are? Because like you shouldn't have to acquiesce just because people are sensitive, but you also want to be intelligent, make your life easier. It's a great question. And it's something I struggled with and really like put a lot of thought into because I think when I was younger in my career, I felt like the bigger my bark, you know, the more respect I was going to get. So the more um, I yelled at the kids or the more intimidating I was, like they were going to fear me. And I think you and I both have a gymnastics background. Like I would never think twice about talking back to my gymnastics coach. Like there was no way I was ever going to disrespect that woman. And coming up through cheer, I was like, I would never do that. How can these kids even think they have the audacity to talk to me like that? But after a couple of years, and I think it, it comes with maturity and it comes with growing up, like I started to realize I needed to shift my mindset into not always being focused on perfection and winning, but being focused on doing something I was proud of, creating routines I was proud of, having kids that I was proud of, and being a coach that I was proud of. And so that like change for me kind of happened in a weird way where um, I, I started to realize, and I think as I came into the the you know last couple of years, especially coaching world's team with you, where, you know, and I, I want to say too, like, I think this was where you and I were such a good partner. Like we had such a good partnership is that a lot of the stuff that we did was built around gratitude and, and that like, even just in my own life and in relationships has, has been something that has made all the difference. Yes. I am an intimidating woman. I know that I don't have wrinkles on my forehead or have to get Botox because I never made that expression. Like, thank you. You know, like I realize I'm an intimidating woman with the way that I look and the way that I like, you know, present myself. But there has to be a mix of gratitude. Kids have to know that you care about them and you appreciate them. And that was the missing piece. And I feel like when that clicked for me and I was more able to put my guard down and and be more relatable and be more of a human. Like I didn't have to have the facade of always trying to be powerful and always trying to prove that I should be respected. It was like, I, I, I don't know. It was just like this, this metamorphosis that really happened where I, my heart has just softened a lot more. And I think that as coaches and as women who deal with, Um, you know, very stressful situations when it comes to competition and the the pressure to win and the pressure to be perfect, there has to be some gratitude. I've seen some amazing coaches. I think, you know, Netta at California All-Stars produces some of the best athletes in the world. And the way that she expresses gratitude towards those kids is just like unmatched. And I think that's the kind of stuff we need to be looking at kids will respect you and they will listen to you when you know that you care about them. If they don't think you care about them, they don't 
care if you know it, it it has to be like that special unicorn kid that like wants to come in and you know like you have to get a Kendall Hahn who wants to come in and tumble every single moment of their life to get better and it's like thank you for the critique thank you for the feedback like those kids are far and few between yeah they gotta know that you care and that's hard it's hard to put that wall down when you're you know a woman in the industry trying to make sure that you stand your ground but I would say it's hard, but it's more important. And I think it also, I mean, you can apply that same lesson to being a business owner, right? And work, working with your employees and working with your, your clients. I mean, the same thing. When people know that you care about them and, and you truly do, it's not that fake care. It's like, I honestly care about you. Then when you have those moments where you have to have that critical conversation of, hey, you're messing up. I need you to do X, Y, and Z. They know that you care about them. And they're more likely to, yes, they're not going to like it, but uh, they're more likely to understand that you're coming from the perspective of doing what's best for the gym or for the business um, or, or the brand or whatever it is you're working on, as opposed to you're just being mean because you don't like them. Right. And you have to be consistent. That's the other thing too. And I think one thing that I always really dug my heels on is like the rules are the rules are the rules. Like they don't change who you are or where you came from or what you do. The rules are the same for everyone. And that's, you know, so you're not singling out kids for certain things or, you know, kids feel like you're, you're always picking on them or you're always dealing with them for, you know, whatever it's, it just becomes the expectation that that's the, that's just the way we operate. And she's not doing it because she's a bitch. She's doing it because she does it to everyone. And, and that's, you kind of have to respect somebody who's, who's cares enough to be consistent. But I think you you have a you just I mean you brought up a really great point about your employees and your parents like you want to talk about retention you know we t- we we often think about retaining the kids we don't there's not a lot of thought that goes into retaining the parents retaining your staff and you know a, a pa- parents have very difficult decisions to make every day about where their money goes so as much as you want to focus on the kids having a great atmosphere, you got to make sure that those parents, the people who are actually paying for your program and your service feel valued and that their dollar is going towards something that they believe in and they care about. I think some of the great things that, you know, we, we did of like a parent appreciation month where each week there was like a different theme. I remember like coffee in the, in the parent room, you know, one week I was like, what the heck? And then like, it was all of a sudden it was staff appreciation. I was like, Hey, (laughs) like, okay. You know, like that's, that's how you keep people. Like you have to make them care. You are, sorry, you have to make them feel cared about and, and feel important to you. And that's one of the challenging balances of this industry in general. And this goes to marketing and retention is you have two avatars. You've got the kid and then you've got the parent and they sometimes don't agree on the same things that they value. In fact, quite frequently, uh, do they not agree on the things that are important to them. So that makes marketing and um, and retention so much more challenging. Bringing it back kind of full circle, we've been going for almost an hour and why that's generally when people stop listening because I'm not Joe Rogan. Um, but bringing it back, you talked about those like million, those lists with millions of emails on them, right? Mm-hmm. What are the best strategies for building good quality lists. I often refer to this as like, I would rather fish in a lake where I have a bunch of fish, a very small lake where I know there's tons of fish versus throw my rod out in the ocean. Um, Mm -hmm. and so how do we, how do we get those 
emails that are good qualified leads to start building that engagement and building that brand and converting? Yeah. So acquisition is a huge focus. The, the, I don't know if this is a technical term, but what we, we call it's the leaky bucket. Like in terms of uh, people coming in, you're going to lose people. It's that bucket's always going to be, sorry, downtown Los Angeles problems. Uh, you know, that bucket's always going to be leaking of people leaving your, your list and then new people coming in. So really, really be focused. A lot of people just are always focused on um, retaining. Like we've got to retain, we've got to retain. Well, you got to be filling your bucket as well. You, you need to be acquiring new people. And so, um, you know, some ways that you can do that, I think one is like, we always, the kind of the, the low hanging fruit, we think about pop-up forms on our websites. Um, you know, I think a great place that is really easy is putting it on social and doing some um, forms there across Instagram and Facebook that uh, you can get emails on. But here's the thing. And I think like a big thing that people really need to think about, it's you need to put yourself in the shoes of the person that's receiving that message. Because the question you need to answer is what's in it for me? What am I getting? Why am I giving you my information? What, what do I get? So you know, oftentimes for emails, we talk about, uh, you know, you can sign up for email to get early access, um, to get information on pre-sales, um, exclusive discounts. Like you have to set your value proposition of what people are going to get from you. And so that, that you really need to think about that. If you're going to offer a free class, then you got to stand behind that. Um, so that's a huge, uh, I think, you know, we're, from the inside, especially when we're always surrounded by the information, we oftentimes can say, well, this is a great deal and we're a great brand. Well, who wouldn't want to come here? Well, think about the other side. Like think about that part that you need to answer the question, what's in it for me? You can't answer that question. You got some work to do. So one is, you know, figuring out what, what are you going to provide for that person if they're going to subscribe to you? And then the second question is what happens next? So where do they go? Have you, have you built content for them to go to next? Have, do you actually have the things that you're telling them they're going to get? Like you, it, it, you have to move on to the next moment. And so those two things, what's in it for me and what happens next, that's really the, the strategy you need to flush through. And uh, what I would challenge everyone to do is to put on your you know, hat of a, a new prospect or a new um, kid coming into your tumbling classes. And I would say, you know, maybe make a list. What are all the things you have? You have tumbling classes, uh, tumbling rec, you have um, apparel and you have all-star. So maybe those are your three buckets. Okay, now chart out what every single one of those people need to know in order to be successful in your program. So start at the very beginning. They know nothing about you. Where are they gonna get information? What is that information? What happens after they do that? And you can start plotting that out on a line to get them from the moment they come in to the moment that they convert. Now you need to take that line and say, what happens if they don't move on to the next step? So we start to think of that as a deviation from the customer journey. So a deviation from that line. Um, did they enter your form, but they exited? Okay, well then we need to start thinking about some automations that bring them back to the website. Did they view your um, program? class prices, but then um, didn't convert. Okay, so what do, what do we know about this person? They're, they're cost conscious, they're thinking about prices, and they weren't sold by yours. 
So you need to set up some type of content plan that gets back to that person. You can build this all out on your website and through your email programs. Um, generally, that would be like an abandoned category or abandoned page. Um, th that's, that's really like how you start to build and, and make sure you have all of those gaps filled out. So literally, this is what I do with it. Any brand I work with, any project I'm on, I literally draw a line and I say, I want you to start here and I want you to end here. And I start plotting out on that line all the things that I need to say to that person. What am I going to do if they don't move on to the next thing? How do I get them to come back? And how do I ultimately get them to where I want to go? So I... I'm listening to all this and all I'm thinking as you're going through this is I hope everyone has stayed on till the end because that was like, that was such, I've never done that. Never done that. I've never done that like linear process and I've done a little bit, but that's such a great way of, of thinking through it and making sure you're not missing anything. You know, one of the first mistakes I made when I started getting really excited about email marketing is I got a bunch, I, I did some opt-in stuff and I got a bunch of emails, but I didn't have my automations built and set. And I, I didn't have that set up. I started building it afterwards and holy headache, train wreck, things getting messed up, not track, not being planned for those deviation points. And like, how am I going to re-engage them? It was, it was a mess and it didn't, it didn't, you know, crash and burn. We got some clients from it. But I certainly probably could have gone a lot better. Um, oh man, that's so much people, information. People don't like uncertainty. So if, if your website is very ambiguous, like we have classes, but you have to like, we're not gonna give you the information. Like chances are they're like, this is a digital world. They're probably just gonna abandon you. Like you have to give information. It has to link, it has to go somewhere. It has to be, it has to be clear. So, and, 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 you know, additionally, when we think about those three journeys, those are three different mindsets. The same marketing is not going to work for those people. The Tumbling and Rack don't care about All-Star. You may be able to, you may say Tumbling and Rack is level one. If we want to look at like tiers of elevation, mm -hmm. Apparel is tier two and All-Star is tier three. We want to convert and move people from tier one to tier two to tier three. But that has to be a gradual strategy that moves them and gets them to buy in because you're essentially raising the price point over and over and over. So right. a tumbling parent, think about who they are and what matters to them, get them in, then you can start to elevate them up through to all-star. They're not going to be sold by that first like, hey, y'all want to give us $1,000 to wear a uniform? Or $4,000 for a season, <laughs> right? $4,500. Um, so you, you said something about acquis like talking about the acquisition and making it very seamless. We refer to that as like being frictionless. We want it to be a frictionless experience for people to join and get information. One of the things that we did a while ago, and I think we may still have that this set up in our in our automation, but one way we were getting emails for people interested in rec was give us your email to view our class schedule. Now I've always been a little bit unsure on, I, I'm not sure how many people we lose at that step. Right. Yeah. And I, I haven't been able to split test and figure out, do I get more emails by having people opt in to see the schedule or do I get more emails by people opting in to get a discount after they see the schedule? Right. And those I think would be two potential approaches to something like that. Do you have any thoughts on like what client behavior would be like in a situation like that? Yeah, I think my 
I don't I don't like those tactics just to be quite frank because I feel like you're wasting my time it's you know it's like I'm coming to you to get information to make a decision you're not going to give me the information then like okay I'm going to go to some other brand that's going to give it to me because if somebody's looking at your schedule and I think about you know I've I look at uh gyms down here for workouts and you're like I want to know their schedule first before I ever commit to talking to them because let's all just be honest like I don't like talking to people on the phone I don't like I want to make the I want to make the decision myself I want to know that your schedule fits for me before I go down the path of seeing, you know, looking at prices or whatnot. I want to, I want to know it fits. So I think there's other ways that, you know, you can have people take them to a form where, you know, they, or excuse me, like, let's, let's say they're going from social, they click on a post, it takes them to a class schedule. And then, you know, maybe the, the tactic there is then to fire a pop-up that's um, either like on an exit intent campaign. So they're um, they're like, okay, I saw the schedule, I'm gonna leave. Then have the pop-up come up that's like interested in classes, give us your email for 10% off or, or something, you know, like first class free. Then it's like, you've given them the information and you've given them the opportunity to convert, but you've also put that, you know, that deviation plan in place. Like if they're mm-hmm. going to leave that site, now I've given them something that is gonna entice them to give me their information. I just think the more you can empower people with information to make smarter decisions, the better. Yeah, no, I love, I love that. And I think that that's something that we can look at and we can potentially make even better. Cause I would be really curious to know exactly how that, that flow is. And I, I don't have that information or that data, like you said, information or uh, a statement without data is just an opinion. I think that's what you said. Um, so I'm just going off of my opinion that this, I mean, it does work. I do get emails, but our, our class interest list is probably only about 800 and that's over years. And that's really not that many for the area we live in where we're surrounded by a a population of probably about 2.5 million between Portland, Beaverton, Hillsborough, Tigard. Like that's a pretty low number. There's there's 45,000 kids in just the Beaverton school district where our gym is. So 800 right. emails is, is low. Now that's just people who didn't convert, but still. Right. And um, I mean, you also set up a testing plan where, you know, you may not be able to AB test uh, one against the other, but you can set a time frame and then mm-hmm. do kind of your own manual AB test of saying, okay, we're going to run this it, this way for two weeks. And then we're going to run it the other way for two weeks. And then we're going to compare the results to figure out if there's, you know, uh, conclusive data for us to make a decision. Um, like th- there's different ways. And I think that's like, all, you know, you should always be testing. Like, again, none of us have the right solution. Even me sitting here, having done some of the stuff, that's my opinion. I don't, I don't know until I see the data. How many times should you guys send emails? I don't know. I haven't seen your data. Like right. it, it has to be something you're testing. So like be okay testing and be okay failing. Like the quicker you fail, the quicker you have an answer. That's not a failure. That's actually like understanding like a different data point that could help steer you in a different direction. So be like fail faster. Yeah. Fail, fail quickly forward. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I, uh, really, have tried to tell myself is when someone unsubscribes, that's actually a good thing because that's one less person I'm wasting my time on, right? They've, they've unsubscribed. They're not interested. So I move on. And if they unsubscribe and 
you know, they have those different options, right? They just elect to receive less email or whatever. Um, that's great. They're still kind of interested and maybe they come back. I don't know if you have any information on, I've heard a myriad of numbers that people view things upwards of seven times to 20 times before they actually purchase. And I know I do that all the time. I'll look at something three, four or five times and I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Um, Mm -hmm. do, do you know, is there like, is there firm data from the digital marketing strategy world on that? Um, I don't have a number off the top of my head. I know like generally people are browsers. That's, it's why you, you kind of, we generally put automation programs in place. It's, it's why you all get an email that says like, you've left something in your cart. Cause it's like that, that's so such common behavior of people to abandon things and look at things multiple times. I think it's, you have to, it's human nature. And again, that's where you need to like, you need to step back from gym owner and step into like human that exists in the world and say like, how do I, you know, what, how do I operate online when I'm looking at things? How do I, you know, make decisions for certain things? Like apply that same logic. Cause it's again, like it's, you're in your own world where you're like, you looked at my website, you should have been converting. Well, I don't even do that. So it's like, you, you have to give people some grace to be, to be humans. And when it comes to unsubscribing, I think um, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, obviously, yeah, when they are subscribing, unsubscribing, like give them the option to change their cadence, get as much information as you can from them. But if they left, then that's just cleaning up your list. And, you know, I've, I've seen a few brands do email campaigns where they'll email people who haven't opened or engaged in, with an email in, you know, 180 days. They haven't clicked through. And it'll basically just say like, hey, are you still interested in getting our emails? Like, if not, you can unsubscribe. And that freaks some people out. Like, I don't want to give them the option to unsubscribe. Well, if you can get them out, like you're not going to be wasting your money on them. Like, let people go. It's like a toxic ex. Like, let it go. You know, just right. move on. So uh, there's two things that we haven't touched on. And I don't think we need to spend the time talking about, but I just want to kind of say are super important. One is everything we've talked about is only possible with an effective website. If you don't have a good website or if you're one of those gyms who just goes, I don't need a website, they're just going to go to iClass Pro. They're just going to go to Jackrabbit and they can sign up for classes there. You are losing potential clients. Like that's just not a frictionless experience. I don't know if you've ever, did you ever like play with Jackrabbit or iClass when we had either one? Like they're just, they're clunky. They're fine. They, they're great on like from the gym owner side, but like to be a new customer and have to fill out. People are used to Amazon. They don't want to fill out 500 boxes and check their life away. They want to click purchase, put in their credit card and be done. Well, and this is what we we need to think about. It, think about the effort and the time that you put into building your uniform. How, much, how many hours you spend building that prototype, making sure every color is perfect to represent your, your program that, you know, it, it really puts a statement out there on the floor all of your branding in marketing needs to have that same care. Like the, if, if the experience I have with your brand shouldn't be going out to a, you know, third party to fill in my information, I feel like then like all the branding's out the door. So every email you send your website, like it needs to have all of that same branding, that same experience. So that for me as a customer, I see consistency through every single thing that you do. 
And I'm not saying you need to spend, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars to build a website or hire someone to build a website. There's tons of places you can go. Um, you know, you can get on Squarespace and build a website pretty easily, pretty intuitively. It doesn't need to be groundbreaking, but you have to, in a, you have to have a place that people can go where they can gather information and make decisions. And I think, you know, earlier when I was talking about what's in it for the customer and where do they go next, the website is really that the like best resource you have to house all of that information of where they go next. Right. Right. And I agree. You can build websites on a variety of platforms. You don't have to pay thousands of dollars. You can pay a lot of money. You can, there are companies that will do a monthly payment. Um, there's, there's a number of different options out there, but if you pick one, the things to check out in my opinion are one, one that you can manage and update. If you're going to manage and update it, make sure that people can buy things on it and you have a way to collect people's information. And ideally if that integrates with your email marketing, uh, platform, i.e. we are big fans of active campaign that's what we use um and and everyone we kind of recommend that for small businesses it works really well for us um so if it doesn't integrate with active campaign or mailchimp or whatever it is you use that's going to be um more painful for you the other thing i was just going to say is if you, you got to have an effective website and then you got to drive people to that website if you're not putting any effort into getting people to your website you're not going to get you're not gonna be able to build those lists and you're not going to get those emails. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's just me soapboxing for two seconds. So before we go, anything that we didn't touch on that you think is important for business owners to know moving forward, uh, whether that be digital marketing or just branding or, or whatever it is. I feel like we've covered a lot of things. So, I mean, maybe I'll be repeating, but I, uh, the things I would just stand behind as being super, super important is one, understand the differentiation between what you do and who you are. Really build that story out. Look at the people who you have in your own four walls and empower them, whether that's athletes, families, or staff, to be part of your team, to help you make this brand grow and, and amplify, uh, you know, that, that you love in different communities. And then third, I, I think, you know, and most importantly, make sure that, that anything you're doing, that gratitude is just the center of it. I love it. You, and you're not going to be able to like survive this industry without gratitude and, and having some humility. And I think, you know, we've, we've all been through the ringer of, um, being frustrated. I, I remember like I do, I think when I stopped coaching, I was like, wow, I don't yell at kids for not opening their mouth on five anymore. Like what a weird world I used to live in where I was so angry. <laughs> you know? Yep. Yeah. It, it's, you got to get some, some humor and gratitude for the people you work with and the families that have invested in you. Yeah. One of, one of the things you mentioned there that we hadn't talked about, we talked about kids building content, but you know, parents, and parents being very vocal and loving your program and being all over social media. You know, I've talked to gym owners who are like, I don't know if you remember when people were like, don't ever post the routine ever. You can't post it until the end of the season and you can't post anything with our logo. You can't do this. You can't do that. And it's like, no, no, no. You, I, when people are like, can we post the routine? I'm like, yep, please yeah. post it, post it, post it, be celebrate, be excited, be proud of what your kids are doing. Cause I want all your friends to see how happy you are to be at this gym. 
Well, and stop thinking that all of the parents around you are just drama-filled cheer parents. There are some parents that are in your gym who are probably very well connected and very, very smart. I'll tell you a very quick story. I had a kid that I coached for a very long time. Everyone told me her mom was involved in cheer. She does something with cheer. And I thought, oh, great. I'm going to have a cheer mom who thinks she knows everything. You want to know who that woman was? It was Tammy Van Vliet. The woman knows her stuff. But but I, you know, had been so trained of like, oh, parents, they're all out to tell us that we don't know what we're doing. You have gold mines yep. of people in your gym. Like, get to know your parents. And, and Tammy and- was a huge resource for us. I mean, she hooked yes. us up with cheer floors when we needed them for camp. She was one, she was probably the perfect cheer parent. And the woman is in the USASF hall of fame. Like, and she just, she just let us coach. She just let us coach and was like, whatever you need, we'll help you out. Like was phenomenal. She was, I mean, props to Tammy. Like I, uh, yeah, I just, I always think back on that of like, you know, how, how selfish of me to think that I was the smartest person in the room, you know, like, and I think we all do that. We all think we know the best. We know more than anyone. And like how delusional you must be to think you are the smartest person in the room, like get to know your parents, get to know your community and like make them part of the team. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Cher, thank you so much. Uh, we, crushed it you have the longest podcast i'm not surprised i said at the beginning i told her i said we could probably go for two hours maybe three just talking and we didn't even get into the fact that shared judges uh we didn't even talk about like tumbling technique or any of those things so trust me we could we we could do we might we might have to do this again talk some other things but thank you so much there was so much great knowledge i learned a ton um i hope everyone listening did and we really really appreciate your time Thanks. This was fun. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Next Generation, Connecting People and Profits podcast. If you love this content, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and head over to our website to sign up for our emails with tips and tricks on how to grow your business.